and welcome to the Capgemini Cloud podcast in partnership with CIO. I'm Charlotte G, contributing editor of CIO, and in today's episode, we're going to discuss, is your IT fast enough? Joining me today, we have Jean-Marc Defoe, who is Executive Vice President and Cloud Chief Operating Officer for Europe at Capgemini, and he's based in Paris. Hello, Jean-Marc. Hello, Charlotte. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, we've also got Frank Smith, who is Senior Manager and Managing Delivery Architect at Capgemini. And I believe, Frank, you're based in Boston in the US. Thank you for being with us today. Hello. Hello. And I thank you. Appreciate uh, the opportunity to do this. Ah, fantastic. Uh, well, it's a pleasure to have you with us. Before I kick off, I'm going to ask you both a fun fact about yourself for our listeners' delectation. So, Jean-Marc, do you have any, any fun facts you want to throw in? A fun fact from, from, from a French guy, right? So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a comic fan, a big okay. comic fan. I have more than 500 comics at home. Okay. And I'm still reading them. <laughs> that is brilliant. What's your, fav- what's your favorite comic? Uh, everything that Warren Ellis has written down. So it's a lot of them. It's one of my favorite writers. Okay. I get the feeling that, uh, yeah, that could, be, that could be potentially quite a long conversation we could have about comics. So I'm going to ask Frank. <laughs> Frank, what about you? What's your, what's your fun fact about yourself you'd like to share with the listeners? So even though I only picked up uh, snowboarding a short time ago, I race snowboards with my son. Actually, this is my third year racing with my son and his sixth. My son and I, we spend every single weekend, every single vacation on the mountain, and we love the time on the mountain. We think it's a lot of fun. Wow. Okay. That's, uh, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really very impressed by that. I feel, uh, I feel like there's not enough comics or snowboarding in my life. So those are both excellent facts. Thank you very much. So this is the topic, is your IT fast enough? And for the first question, um, which I'm going to ask you, Jean-Marc, um, what do we mean by fast enough? So how do you know if IT is fast enough for your organization? How do you judge that question? Well, the question in fact is, um, are my application or services released? fast enough to keep up with my company's market demand or customer demand. And uh, the best way to realize if the IT organization is lagging behind is to understand whether or not the overall application process from development to production is matching the uh, business objectives. Uh, Inside the company, that time to market measure is the direct translation of the customer or market demand, in fact. And of course, uh, it could be a diff- different answer from one company to another. It really depends on the market uh, they are in and their competitive landscape, what uh, Michael Porter would uh, call industry rivalry. Yep, that makes perfect sense. Um, so fast enough is kind of around time to market to an extent. Um, Frank, what about you? What would, how would you define this, this concept, fast enough? What, what, does that, uh, what does that really mean for organizations? The way I see it, Fast enough is whether the company, whether the vertical, is able to have their IT be able to keep up with what their product is and trying to achieve their end goal. So fast enough encompasses everything from being able to stay up to date with the latest technology to staying up to date with security, security vulnerabilities. Um, A key objective is to stay up to date or to be able to keep up with the sales and marketing and where is looking to push forward to with their companies, their new products moving forward in the digital age. So of course, you know, the challenge is with IT evolving constantly. I mean, the smartphone, I mean, that wasn't a thing 15 years ago, and now it is a predominant amount of the web market. So you have to be able to evolve with your IT. 
So by fast enough, it's a little bit more of keeping up with IT to serve the digital needs, but at the same time, also being able to keep up with the processes behind the scenes and the trends in marketing. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. And Jean-Marc, what are the, for you, what are the risks of not being fast enough now that we've defined it, just to give us an idea of, of the pitfalls for companies that aren't keeping pace? Well, it's all about ma matching, you know, the, the the customer demand and the time to market. So in 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 so just as, as Frank says, we we are all you know moving toward digitalization, and 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 then in in that very uh, uh, complex and uh, competitive world, you need to have the right speed. So if you don't have the right speed, then you you can be you know overcome by other competitors. So that's that's the main problem, in, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, it's. It it's pretty crucial. Um, I mean, as you put it, it, essentially, it could ultimately mean that you get taken over by competitors and you don't have a viable business. So um, maybe Frank, you, you can answer this question. How do you go around analyzing your IT so that you can identify what needs to be improved and sped up and so on? What, what's the process look like for you? So I start looking at what the minimum requirements the client has. A use case example would be a company that says does basic e-commerce or such. They are not going to be beholden to so many regulations like securities or compliance, say as someone that directly interfaces with the federal government or a banking institution. So the first thing you would look at is what are the minimum requirements, what is it specifically that you're looking to do, and what are those requirements that are being required to be enforced? What are the regulations on that? The second part would be, when you are looking to analyze your IT, is in what does your talent pool consist of? The fact is that now we have IT, it's a global industry. You know, there are different talent pools, and however, there are different talent pools in different parts of the globe. So you have to be able to establish what your local talent pool is and what you can do to source your local talent pool. And of course, the third thing is you have to break down those silos. I know DevOps has been a buzzword for the last 10 years, but the core to DevOps is a mindset. It's not just tool sets or tools. You need to break down those silos so that you can get your people working as a comprehensive unit rather than, you know, individually. And so that's the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and Jean-Marc, what about you? We've, we've covered um, looking at the minimum requirements and your talent pool, and we've covered the mindset. Is there anything else that you would add that you need to analyze so that you know what you need to improve? Yeah, I mean, again, this is all about uh, uh, culture and processes and platforms. So you need to, at some point, uh, you need to make sure that you, you are equipped with the, um, um, the, the, the right uh, uh, of everything. So it's basically what just Frank said. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Frank, for being so uh, so spot on. Um, and Frank, can I ask you, what kind of role do you think that the business and culture should be playing in identifying how IT can be improved and, and sped up? So how can they help you identify problem areas? So the business culture plays a very large aspect of the way in which a company addresses its IT and its IT infrastructure. One of the challenges we often find is that there are silos in companies, and these silos are often very old, often much older than a few years. And companies just do IT the way they have been doing it for you know years and years. The key thing here is to find a way in which to identify, you know, helping that culture to break down and away from 
those silos. In addition to breaking down silos, IT needs to be prioritized. You need to have IT be not just considered a cost structure, but also be something that is prioritized within your company and something that is considered very important. Maybe 10 years ago, it might have been just a line item, but today you're not going to find a single business that's going to have IT organization where IT is not crucial to it. And when you start to look to improve that concept, other business practices will start to get involved. Then the company will start to do things like retrospectives, uh, which will compel their best practices. Your best practices in the company will push IT from a security lens, from other lenses, and it will start to encourage that best of breed uh, security and other standards as well. So from a business and cultural perspective, you really need to look at how culture fits within the company and break down those silos and how is it able to adapt and be able to utilize this new IT. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um... And John Mark, how can you ensure the back end isn't left behind by uh, sort of front end customer facing innovation? Well, it's a pretty simple answer and and um, and a complex setup at the end of the day. But let's say that customer facing innovation or application are on the front end, and to deliver that full, their full capacities, these application relies on data and services that belongs. Uh, to other layers of the application portfolio, uh, what Gartner would, would call a system of differentiation of system of records. The best way to measure if application or an, an infrastructure backend are keeping up with the front end is to verify whether or not the different application release train are, are synchronized in order that the front end application are evolving at the right speed. So basically, uh, if everybody is happy and if, if every single uh, uh, services or application are uh, correctly synchronized to one another, and if nothing is breaking up, um, that's cool and it's working. Uh, uh, from my experience, uh, it's it's rarely the case. Okay, great. And can I ask you just sort of to follow on from that? What are the barriers um, that you see to increasing IT speed now? Uh, that's for for you to answer, Jean Marc. Well, speed um, is about culture, uh, obviously. Major is culture, processes and tooling. Uh, the, the most important barrier to overcome is, overcome is culture. When you have an agreement that application release, for instance, should take two weeks instead of six months, it's a lot easier to build the processes and the automation that goes around and then the platform to solve that. So it's basically um, making sure that everybody is aligned uh, towards one objective, and that is about culture, you know, and, and breaking the silos, as you know, uh, Frank uh, told us a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, and Frank, what would you add to that uh, beyond culture? What what are the barriers that you see to increasing IT speed? So, as Jean Marc had said, the really huge component of this is is culture, and you have the legacy processes that are in place, and some of those legacy processes are for one team to create something and they just kind of throw it over the wall um, right over to the other. These processes really need to be broken down, and culture is part of using processes such as DevOps methodologies, and they really need to be implemented. In addition to that, there are some circulating that the idea that cloud and cloud processes are entirely for the ability for a company to save money. Cloud and cloud processes and DevOps are not just for potential savings. In fact, sometimes using cloud may end up increasing your costs. 
What you need to get are new processes, and they are the ability to basically increase your agility, align your agility for quicker time to market, better code quality, more reliable, uh, more reliable results. And you get this here through some of the you know, components that you get with culture and your culture you get from um, DevOps uh, methodologies, etc. But ultimately, it will give you the ability all in all for code that is the same each and every time. This change will no longer have you know, your differences in code, which causes differences in environments, and then they act differently when built and comp overcompiled or when they're compiled over time. So back to Jean's point, the first thing you need to do in order to implement that is to change the culture and the way in which the organization thinks. Sure. It's actually funny how much we've ended up talking about culture, given it's an IT conversation. Quite, quite clearly, that's a huge part of, of, of DevOps. So as well as culture change, um, you know, Jean-Marc, how do um, businesses overcome these barriers um, in your view? Well, you, to start with, you need um, to make sure that you have a very strong commitment and support from the upper management. Uh, changes are not easy, especially when you have to break down silos at all levels of organization. We are not talking about the only uh, innovation layer. We are talking about every single application layer that we have to synchronize all together to some extent, of course, uh, from top to bottom, from bottom to, uh, to, to the top. And, and um, uh, we, we need a strong commitment from the management. Otherwise, uh, the, the, the change, uh, uh, really, changes don't take place. Uh, and to get this, it's really important to build a, what I would call a value case. We could, we could call that a business case, but a value case that will demonstrate with hard figures the benefit of doing something. You know, when you got this, again, uh, everything starts with that. But if you don't have it, you can't start it, right? Sure, absolutely. Um, and Frank, when we're talking about this, do do perhaps um, CIOs in the IT department more generally need to move towards thinking of this as a as a constant evolution? So how how do they keep on top of that? So yes, I absolutely see it as a constant evolution. We look at some of the things that have presented themselves in the past few years. You have artificial intelligence, you have blockchain, and these are just a couple examples of the technology that is going to revolutionize the way in which we know IT right now. The key to this evolution is how do you stay on top of this? You need to have the people who are inspired and that can bring you this technology and are inspired to do so. Staying on top of it different companies are doing you know you can go to conferences and you can go to trade shows that's one good way but you know reading is probably another good way and also in addition to that you really need to look at how companies become successful so as you see new emerging companies what are the technologies that they are touching that they're using and you can see they will be able to show you what the future may hold in addition to that you also look at the way they're tackling those technologies and implementing. Often, just looking at what other businesses are doing that, that are not even in the same namespace as you is a good way of helping you to constantly evolve your business and your business practice. And of course, well, you have to keep yourself updated to match the evolving technology you know, with your staff and your people. Absolutely. So it sounds like people need to get out from behind the desk and go to more events as part of this, for sure, then. And... Um... 
Maybe Jean-Marc, can you talk us through the importance of uh, KPIs or key performance indicators to the uninitiated? Yeah, KPIs, yeah. Um, those are so important. But just because you cannot manage what you can't measure, basically. And, and when you start from a situation which is always uh, an undesired now uh, that can be translated into, into art figures, um, um, you, you want to move on from that undesired now to a desired future. Uh, that desired future needs also to be measurable, but, but both in terms of absolute value and, 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 and in terms of progression. Hence the need for uh, a set of KPIs that will act as a compass to stay focused. So it's so important that you can really uh, uh, measure uh, your progression, measure your achievement in terms of absolute value. If you don't do the work of, of basically um, knowing what you need to achieve in terms of art figures, you will be always in, in, in some kind of soft benefit that will never give you the, um, uh, the compass really to stay focused and to, uh, to, to achieve your, your journey to the north, basically. Yeah, I quite like the idea of this as a, com as, as a kind of compass to make sure you know you're going in the right direction. Do, do you have any examples, Jean-Marc, of the sort of things that people might use as KPIs? So any things that maybe... Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So stuff like, you know, uh, um, speed of release, for instance. You want, you, 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 you want to release a set of services that are all uh, linked to each other uh, and, and make sure that you release those from, you know, a release cycle that takes six months to uh, to something like uh, two weeks or one day or you know whatever measure that is uh, uh, aligned with your market demand. Again, it's it's all coming from the markets uh, and and translated from the market to the businesses in, internally, and and then you need to make sure that you are you are coping with that uh, market demand. So you want to move from six months to two weeks, then you you need to set two weeks and then measure. You want to improve, you want to increase the frequency of release. Instead of doing one release, you want to be able to do two, three, four release. You want to improve the quality of release, then you will measure the success rate. So you need to be able to measure the success rate of today. So how many releases uh, go down to production? Uh, 99%, 60%, do you want to move from 60% to 99%? Then you need to measure. Uh, and the overall, you know, end-to-end -end efficiency in terms of financial perspective uh, from that, you know, development to production kind of large uh, overarching process, that kind of stuff, basically. And that and those will drive the entire organization to break down silos, install the right processes, make sure that you, you've got the end-to-end -end automation, because at the end of the day, if you want to move from I want to do more with less to I want to do a lot more, a lot better, a lot faster with less money, that you will end up with an end-to-end -end automation kind of perspective with new processes and new skills that you will need to, uh, you know, organize all together in order to, to reach your, you know, uh, uh, key strategic objective. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've covered a lot of stuff in this topic and we've, we've talked a lot about culture and, and mindset. Um, I can see that some, some people approaching this might feel slightly overwhelmed, kind of just looking at the, is your IT fast enough question? So Frank, maybe you, you can conclude with giving us some tips. So 
things that you'd say to organisations that are looking at this question and perhaps feeling slightly overwhelmed and not having an answer? Where do they start? The first thing I would address with a client looking towards to go this direction, you know, that they feel that they are moving slow, is what is it that they are looking to, what are they looking to get out of this and what do they expect? And so then the next thing that I would do is I'd want to ensure that they understand, you know, what they can get out of it and what the benefits are. Um, I'd like to add this here question goes back to the question you asked on the KPIs. You want to be able to have KPIs that can show a measurable benefit and that you want to be able to show them this here, this benefit, so it's measurable from the way in which their IT infrastructure evolves as it's moving faster. So we start looking at things like doing an assessment. One of the advantages here of when you do an assessment is you get to see where they are now, where they want to be, and that delta in between. And from there, you can start looking at what, the, what their specific pain points are, their pain points right now that are challenging them. Often, you know, clients are not really sure. Um, they don't really know what it is that they need. And sometimes they may have you know, many projects that are on the back burner because they weren't really sure what to do with them or how to address them. And so they end up having a lot of uh, projects just sitting out there that are not done. So once you get a little bit of information like that, you can then get them to understand, you know, how to address those uh, objects on the back burner, how to be able to attack those. And so from there, you're able to, and it doesn't matter what industry they're in, you're able to help them to get exactly where they want to be. And so that's that's how I would look at, you know, trying to move them forward. And that's how, that would be my suggestions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. And next, I'd like to ask, what role can automation play in speeding up IT? Um, perhaps the next person to answer that can be Jean-Marc, please. Mm, that's a good question. So it's not, about, it's not only about speeding, speeding up, it's, it's about improving speed and frequency and quality of, of, let's say, application or services while dropping down the cost. And it's, it's basically about building a frictionless and automated process from development to production. And the, the, the big, big piece of work is, is, uh, is about, you know, automating the traditional application and infrastructure landscape. So when you want to speed up everything and, and, and improve the quality and, and the frequency and, uh, of everything, you need to address that, you know, traditional infra and application landscape. And then you need to tackle two key uh, uh, dimensions. Let's say the infrastructure abstraction, the ability to provision and deprovision any kind of service, infra service on the fly, uh, whether they are cloud services or not. So uh, you, you, you may want to stand up a three-tier architecture, and pardon me to be too, too specific, but a three-tier architecture with every single software that you need within a run context. Uh, on the fly, and you won't be able. You 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 may want to be able to deprovision that on the fly, and you want to be able to automate the end-to-end -end release management of, of one single application, and and you want to be able to do that uh, uh, using the old code without touching the code and using the old infra, uh, and this is the big big part of the end-to-end -end automation when we are talking about the overall. Uh, 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 
increase uh, improvement of speed, quality, and frequency uh, of the of the IT system. Yeah, and and Frank, we've we've kind of covered how automation can help to increase speed and bring down costs. But what what other role do you think it can play beyond that, uh, and what kind of benefits can it bring? So one of the benefits when it comes to IT automation, it's really going to be about code quality. Um, the challenges of IT um, for the last 20 years has been in getting all of the different environments to work the exact same. When you test code, as you push it through the pipeline, you want to get the same results. If you have developers who are building code by hand and they're testing, the new code, then it will be built differently from environment to environment. This can be devastating um, for the example of, uh, you know, going from, from QA to production. QA might be different, and as a result, production would be. Automation then helps to stem these differences uh, in your code quality from end to end, and it helps you to get the same results in all your environments. Generally, I find the best way to do this, you know, forgive me for being someone who's very direct to solutioning, but that would be the unified pipelines. That's one of the things too often clients don't really think about in their original infrastructure or in their infrastructure of you know what kind of pipeline deployment mechanisms there are. So when it comes to automation, really, if you can automate all of your infrastructure and if you're able to you know, unify your pipelines, then you will be able to be more cohesive and you'll have a more unified end result and automation will bring that. And so it will eliminate a lot of the problems that you find uh, with just simple human mistakes. Absolutely. Um, well, it's time for me to wrap up, unfortunately. Um, it's been a pleasure speaking to you both. So thank you very much for joining. Thank you to everyone who's, uh, who's been listening. Um, and it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Jean-Marc and from Frank. Thank you. Yeah, goodbye, everyone. Thank you very much. Stay tuned for more insightful discussions about the impact of cloud. Visit capgemini.com slash cloud to find out more.